Hello, and welcome to the Carl Road Baptist Church podcast. Be sure to listen all the way through to the end of the episode for additional info on where to find more resources for past sermons, as well as how to watch us live each Sunday if you can't join us in person at our Columbus, Ohio location. Let's prepare to hear this week's sermon and listen for what God is saying to you and what he wants to do in your life. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to come and to sing songs of faith, to pray, to to be in your presence with your people. And uh, now we ask, Lord, that as we think about your will and what it means to know and discern your will, that once again, your scriptures would illumine us and guide us and lead us, and that we will leave here today with just better equipped, Lord, to know your will and know how that impacts the decisions that we make in life. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. So, how do you go about making decisions in your life or for your life? Some years ago, an earnest Christian man was uh, driving through uh, Washington, D.C., when his car stalled out right in front of the the Philippine Embassy. Now, he must have been uh, wrestling with a decision to become a missionary because he interpreted that event as a sign that he should become a missionary, but where? Well, the Philippines, of course, right? Uh, Then there was the woman who was pondering a trip to Israel. And one night she was reading through the Holy Land uh, tour information and the travel brochures, and she noticed that the flight over to Israel was to be on a 747 jet, Well, she woke up the next morning, and what did she see on her digital bedside clock? Seven, four, seven. And that confirmed for her that she was supposed to take that trip to Israel. Well, interesting. Frankly, both approaches sound just a wee bit sketchy to me, maybe to you. Uh, May I humbly suggest that those may not be the best ways to make decisions regarding God's will for your life. Maybe we need a bit more than that. So here we are. We're in the midst of, of a series of messages on knowing God and knowing how to discern his will. And we've asked and we've tried to answer several questions so far. Uh, what is God's will? How can I know God's will? Does God speak to us? If he does speak, how how can I hear God speak to me? And, you know, we've more or less dismissed the idea that knowing God's will for today or tomorrow is like using GPS, a a global positioning system. Uh, God rarely seems to provide these explicit, specific instructions as we make our journey through life. You know, turn right here or turn left there in one mile. Instead, God provides something equivalent to a compass. God God provides a a clear sense of direction that will uh, require me to trust in him and obey uh, him each and every day as we live our lives before him. So today, I, I want you to think with me about God's will and our decisions in life, particularly major life decisions. For example, getting married, choosing a career, seeking a new job, buying a home, 
how to raise your kids, choosing a church home. Those are, those are all kind of major life decisions. And I'd like to just offer up some questions that we should ask ourselves and answer before making decisions that get to that level of importance in our lives. Now, folks, just be careful. This isn't some kind of divine formula. You're not going to find this written in the Bible. Knowing God, just doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. Knowing his will doesn't work that way. But it's, it's just one effective way of pursuing God's will responsibly whenever we're faced with those inevitable, major, big decisions in life. And if we can answer yes to those questions, I suggest that there are a few things then that we can do as we live into God's will for our lives. So let's get started. Let's talk about questions to ask before making a major decision. What should they be? What, what would they entail? Well, here's the first one. Am I willing to obey God before I even ask to know his will? Am I willing to obey God even before I ask him for his will? Now, that's a crucial question to ask and honestly answer at the very beginning of wanting to know God's will about a decision. I mean, do you have an accepting, a surrendered frame of mind regardless? No matter what God's will is, where it may lead you, what it may include, are you open, are you teachable, are you available to God for doing his will? And, you know, I, I really think the right kind of heart attitude was captured in this statement by David in the Psalms. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. Do you take joy in doing God's will? Should be. That should be our attitude. And, and difficulty in, in discovering and discerning God's will well, it often surfaces at this very crossroads in our lives. Do I truly want to do God's will, or really is it more about doing my will? You see, all too often, our inner uh, attitude uh, sounds more like this. God, please show me your will, then I'll decide if I want to do it or not. And discovering God's will can never be a matter of just sort of idle curiosity for me. Gee, I wonder what God thinks about that. Wouldn't it be interesting to know? Before I even ask about God's will, my heart should be ready to surrender to that will and commit to do that will. And you might even have to say, God, I'm not sure I'm ready to do your will yet. I don't know if I want to do it or not but I'm willing to be made willing. And, you know, that's a good, honest place to start. I think God will take that. Invite the Lord to change your heart if necessary and make you willing to obey him even before you ask him for anything or to reveal his will to you. Here's a second question to ask. Am I in fellowship with God? Am I in fellowship with God? Did you know that it's possible to be a child of God and yet not be on speaking terms with him? You know, if you've had kids, or if, you're a, if you are a kid today, uh, I'm sure you know what I mean. You know, parent and child exchanges uh, can sometimes, you know, result in some angry words, maybe because the child deliberately disobeyed mom or dad. 
Does the, does the child stop being related to the parent? Well, no, no. But there is a disruption in the relationship. And the same thing, folks, can happen between you and God, between me and God. For instance, unconfessed sin will always disrupt your relationship with God. Doesn't mean you stop being God's child. I'm not saying that, but it can certainly create some significant static in your communication with him. If you truly want to know God's will for your life, it just doesn't make sense if you keep on tolerating known sin in your life. Well, so then what should you do? Well, confess the sin to God, turn away from it, ask God to, to, uh, to help you to stop committing it, the Bible makes it very clear that, that there is the, this relationship between sin and a disruption of communication with God. Look at what Psalm 66 says. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Huh. But then it provides this wonderful promise. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So a clear conscience is necessary to have that best kind of connection to God if we're wanting to know his will. And fellowship with God is necessary to understand God's will accurately. A third question to ask yourself. Have I searched the Bible? Have I searched, have I checked out the Bible on this issue? Now, God's will is often found in God's word, and, and God will never lead you to make a decision that contradicts a principle found in the Bible. So when you need to make a major decision, that, that's all the more reason to read and study the Bible. Most of us know that we can, we can look up specific words or concepts on Bible apps or in the back of study Bibles, which enable us to learn more about what the Bible says on a whole lot of topics. Now, let's say you're considering marriage. No, the Bible is not going to tell you if you should marry a specific person or confirm his or her name in some sort of magical way. Doesn't work that way. But if you look up the word marriage or other words related to it, you'll find verses that provide important principles about marriage itself that God can then use to direct you in your specific situation. Or, or let's say you're considering a, a job change. No, the Bible is not going to tell you whether to accept a certain job, a specific job offer or not. But if you study what the Bible says about work, you might well discover some principles that, that, that God will use to guide you in your decision. Or, or let's say you've been fighting a losing battle with stress lately. And, and studying the Bible on the subject of stress can yield some important information. You can find principles, commands, examples, promises that you can apply to your life. You know, there's a certain attitude towards God's word that we need to have each and every day, but especially, especially when we're dealing with these major life decisions in front of us. And boy, I, I love how it's expressed in Psalm 119. Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. 
Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I am always thinking of your laws. I'm even wiser than my elders, for I have kept your commandments. So knowing God's word makes you wiser than your enemies. It gives you more insight than your teachers. It provides more insight than just living to be an old person. I mean, that's an impressive list of promises, isn't it? That God gives us in his word. All right, here's a fourth question. Have I prayed for God's wisdom? Have I prayed for God's wisdom? Now, now prayer seems like a really obvious thing to do if you want to get God's guidance about any and every major life decision. But here's the question. Have you actually done it? Have you actually done it? Have you literally prayed about it? Do do you even commit five minutes a day to asking God what you should do when you're faced with some kind of major life decision? And, And I simply remind you of what the Bible itself says to do at this very point. If you need wisdom... Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And remember, folks, also that God respects persistence when it comes to prayer. I mean, I I think that's one way that he knows if, if you're serious about what you're asking. Don't just ask once about the same issue. Keep on asking, keep on asking, keep on asking. And apparently Jesus thought that was the right approach because it says this about him. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. God really respects and calls for persistence in prayer. The Bible also says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayer. Okay, a fifth question. Have I gotten all the facts? Have I gotten all the facts before I make this decision? Here's a word of enlightenment. God gave you a brain, use it. Okay? Knowing God's will does not mean ignoring what God's already given you to help you make important decisions. And God has already given you the ability to weigh the pros and the cons of a course of action on some decisions. So work it out. Don't don't follow the, the poor example of people who kind of throw up their hands and say, well, you know, Rick, I just go with the flow. I just let the Holy Spirit lead me. Well, that's often an excuse to just be mentally lazy. Sometimes people are just too lazy to get all the facts and then apply good old-fashioned reason and logic to their decisions. God never asks us to kiss our brains goodbye, so don't. Ask the right questions. Check everything out. Get the whole story. Investigate. Do your research. Here's what the Bible recommends. Get the truth and never sell it. Get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. Use the brain God gave you. In the same vein, it's important to ask whether a course of action just simply makes sense or not. 
I mean, if you're a man, for instance, who feels like God has called you to serve the poor and actually live with them, you, you should probably think twice about marrying a woman you like very much, but whose idea of hardship is staying overnight in a budget motel. Maybe not a good match there. Um, or uh, if, if you're a woman who finds joy in interacting with people at your job, you know, God has made you an extrovert. That's how you're wired. You might want to think twice about accepting a job that leaves you uh, in front of a computer alone eight hours a day. God made us creatures who can think, and he guides our minds as we think things out in his presence. Thinking well... That honors the Lord. That's how he's made us. Here's a sixth question that we could ask when we're faced with major decisions. Have I sought out godly counsel? Have I sought out godly counsel? I like the story of a businessman who, who hired a golf pro to help him improve his game. And, you know, they went to the golf course together. And the businessman told... Uh, the pro that he, he wanted him to improve his technique. And so after every swing, the golf pro would offer some suggestions, you know, about changing the businessman's stance or the direction that he was looking when he hit a shot or just, you know, anything to do with his overall approach to the game. But after every suggestion that the pro made, there was an objection. And uh, the businessman, who, you know, he was a successful CEO of a major corporation. He insisted that his way of swinging the golf club was, it was just more comfortable for him. And before long, the golf pro began just agreeing with him. And now there was another golfer who was, kind of was watching this exchange with great interest. And after seeing, after seeing the businessman pay the pro and the pro walk away with a giant grin on his face, the man approached the golf expert, and he asked him, now, what was happening there? He said, in, in the middle of this session, you just began to tell him whatever he wanted to hear. Well, here's how the golf pro responded. He said, you know, I've been at this long enough to know what people want. That man was not paying me for my advice. He was paying me to be his echo. Hmm. He was paying me to be his echo. You know, rejecting or avoiding the opportunity to get and follow through on advice when it comes to major life decisions, that's not a sign of maturity. It's not a sign of, of healthy independence. There are always going to be people who know the Bible better than you do. There's always be people who know human nature better than you do. There's always people who know what questions to ask better than you do. There's always going to be people who know your strengths and weaknesses even better than you do. So be on the lookout for people who know God authentically, who live godly lives, and then ask for their advice. The Bible says plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. And godly counselors are one of God's greatest gifts to you and me when we're faced with major life decisions. Well, here's a final question that you might ask when you're trying to navigate through some major life decision. 
have I examined my own desires? Um, you know, it's important to prayerfully ask yourself these questions. What do I want and why do I want it? And have you asked yourself those first six questions and then honestly been able to answer yes to all of them? You're willing to obey God regardless? Yes. You're in fellowship with God? Yes. You've searched the Bible? Yes. You've asked God for wisdom? Yes. You've gotten all the facts? Yes. You've obtained godly advice? Yes. If so, then God can also use your personal desires to direct you toward his will. And yes, sure, it's true that our desires have been corrupted by sin, so we have to be on our guard, have to be careful, well and good, but God can also transform our desires, work through them, and then direct us to do his will. You know, the Bible says this, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. And I submit to you that the order there is very important. First and foremost, take delight in the Lord, who he is, what he's done for you. And the more that you focus on God, the more you can be sure that your desires are good, they're, they're godly, they're in keeping with God's will for you. And yes, on the one hand, it, it's a mistake to make personal happiness the be and the end all of, of doing anything. You know, you, you've seen that attitude in people. Well, God just wants me to be happy, so I'll go ahead and do whatever I want to do, even if it's contrary to the Bible. No, no. On the other hand, it's just as much a mistake to assume that God is somehow in the business of making you unhappy. You know, have you ever run to those people that God's will is always kind of stuff that makes you unhappy. No, come on. God does want to bless your life. God does want you to enjoy your life with him. After all, God is a loving father. You know, if you have kids or you have grandkids, don't you want to bless their lives and see them experience the best things of life for all the right reasons? Well, of course you do. And God, your heavenly father, is like that in spades. Jesus put it very well. He said, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? And that's, the kind of, that's the kind of father God that we have. So if and when we can answer yes to those seven questions that I just kind of threw out there when we're faced with a major decision in life, then let me suggest the following. If I can answer yes to those questions, then, first of all, I can step out and I can make my decision in faith. You know, as the old saying goes, there's a time to fish or to cut bait. And as there comes that time when you, you, you have to step out in faith and move ahead and, and just go for it, and yes, you, you might well still have some doubts and a lack of certainty. Nevertheless, you, you move forward in faith. Someone might say, well, how can I be completely sure when it's God's will to do something? Well, in most cases, you will never be absolutely 100% positive that you're doing whatever in God's will. I mean, if, my friend, if, if you were that sure, you wouldn't have to live by faith, would you? 
The Bible does say it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Well, what if I make a decision thinking that it's God's will and it turns out to be a mistake? You know, personally, I I believe that God would rather have you uh, make a mistake in faith than just do nothing in doubt. God is fully capable of overruling your mistakes and weaving them into the full tapestry of his will for your life. God is never thwarted by your mistakes or mine. God is never challenged by our errors in judgment. We've all made mistakes. We've all failed. We've all sinned. And if God isn't bigger and greater and grander than all of that, then why bother to talk about the benefits of knowing and doing God's will? You know, there's a wonderful promise revealed in this scripture that I think touches on that point from Psalm 37. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, though you make a mistake, Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. Wow, that's a great promise, isn't it? You know, they don't fly the space shuttle anymore, but you can bet that it has a multi-million dollar guidance system built right into it. But you know, it wouldn't be worth much unless the space shuttle left the launch pad. It was worthless. It'd be worthless just sitting there on the ground Only when the shuttle began to move did the guidance system go into action. And even the biggest ships at sea are steered by a relatively small rudder, aren't they? And just a fraction of a degree can change the direction of that ship by by thousands of miles. But the rudder is useless unless the ship is in the water and it's moving. So what's the point of the space shuttle and the ship stories? God won't guide your life or steer your course if you never get around to putting your life in gear. So get moving. Do what you know to be the will of God. Start serving him in some way. Find a ministry here and do it. Ask God to show you a person who needs Jesus or who needs your help and develop that relationship. Do what you know is already God's will and the rest will fall into place. So if I can answer yes to those questions, then I can allow circumstances to confirm God's will. You know, sometimes people refer to the idea of God opening or closing doors when it comes to thinking about God's will. And it's probably based on a verse in the Bible that says this about Jesus. What he opens, no one can close. And what he closes, no one can open. And think about that verse as referring to doors or circumstances over which we have no control. Doors of opportunity can often open at just the right time, or they can close for some unknown reason. And it's not so much that we should use circumstances to find out God's will for our lives, because if we do that, we can often read into those circumstances whatever we want to read into them. Instead, circumstances can be used to do what? To confirm God's will after we have stepped out in faith and made a decision to move forward in our lives. 
And then this final point. If I can answer yes to those questions, then I put all of my trust in God and relax. And relax. How many of you are glad this morning that God is far more interested in you doing his will than you are in doing it? I mean, I mean, God has a vested interest in you doing his will, doesn't he? Trust him to show you his will in his time. And if you are trusting in him and obeying him, it becomes really, at the end of the day, God's responsibility to reveal his will to you. So relax. You know, it's been observed that, that you and I have this tendency to put our trust in the blueprint instead of putting our trust in the architect. Meaning what? Well, folks, we just aren't going to get a clear set of plans, a blueprint for living every day of our lives or even for every major decision that we need to make in life. But we can live each and every day being confident in the architect of our lives. So put our trust not in the blueprint, but in the architect. Is there a more wonderful promise in the Bible than this one? You've probably memorized it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will, yes, in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. And that promise assures me that I can, I can live my life in sort of a godly relaxation when I put my ultimate trust in him, not only for eternal life, but also for those major life decisions that come my way. It tells me that I'm not limited to my own pathetic, puny insider wisdom. It assures me that, that I don't have to have it all figured out on my own. What I do need to do above all today and every day is to trust him and to obey him. Well, in October of 2019, uh, this man up there, Brett Terhart, got into his 40-foot ocean-worthy sailboat, and he sailed out of the harbor in Victoria, British Columbia. What was his goal? His goal was to circumnavigate the entire globe using, be the first North American to, be, to circumnavigate the globe using only a sextant, a pen, paper, and an almanac. And on July the 28th, 2020, he sailed back into Victoria's Harbor having accomplished that goal, 267 days. Well, you can imagine what he must have faced out there on the ocean all by himself. Extreme weather, 12 to 14 foot waves on a regular basis. Um, unanticipated repairs to his ship. A lot of sleep deprivation. But what's interesting is that as people were kind of following him during this time frame, he was, given, he, was, he was given a title or a moniker. They called him the safest man on the planet. The safest man on the planet. Well, why, why on earth would he get that designation or that name? Well, you remember what was happening in early 2020? 
Yeah. And, um, you know, that was when he left Victoria, nobody really had heard of things like COVID-19 and, and self-quarantining and leveling the curve and, and social distancing. And there was Brett DeHart out in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> and, I mean, medically speaking, he was indeed uh, the safest man on the planet. No way you're going to get COVID way out there. You know, the irony of that is that here he was facing all those kind of dangers, and yet he was safe from this disease. And, and you know, when, when, whenever we are trying to figure out our direction in life, um, sometimes there's a lot of uncertainty. It's like being tossed around on a, on a ship, and we don't always know which way to go. But folks, if, if, if we are seeking the will of God for our lives, and we want the will of God for our lives, it's the safest place to be of all. That's the irony of it. You know, uh, Tahart was asked what he wanted to accomplish by this, and he said, well, he said, I, I really wanted to encourage people to take that first step, to, to take that risk. And because when you take that first step, then the next step gets a little easier, and, and the next step gets a little easier after that. And it's much the same when we're thinking about what it means for us to know God and to know his will in our lives. Um, we're never going to have absolute certainty about things, but because we know God, we know that we're going to be safe in, with him. And the wonderful thing to know is that uh, no matter what's going on in our lives, if we know God and we're trusting in him, we're the safest man and we're the safest woman on the face of the earth because we know the architect. Let's pray. Father God, we just want to thank you today for the reminder that when it comes to major life decisions, you've, you've given us some places in your word that we need to think about. It, it causes us to ask some questions about ourselves. And we've looked at that some today. But Lord, when it really comes down to it, it really means to trust you and obey you each and every day. We, we can't really ever get away from faith and living by faith. Yes, we can, we can ask those questions, and that's important to do. But at the end of the day, we still need to take those risks. We need to step out in faith. And we do that, Lord, um, when we continue to trust you and obey with you and walk with you each and every day. And so, Lord, I, I want to pray for, for anybody here today that is really dealing with a, a major life decision in some way. And maybe they've been just kind of um, anxious about, about not doing something wrong, not messing up their lives. And, Lord, I pray that today's message might be an encouragement to them uh, to, to ask those questions and then if they can say yes to all of them to be able to step out and relax and put their faith and trust in you. And Lord, for the rest of us today, as we're just kind of living out our lives before you, help us to remember that um, the safest place that any of us can ever be is in the center of your will for our lives. So we thank you and we praise you today in Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for tuning in to the Carl Road Baptist Church podcast. We hope you found something that can be applied to your life today and into the future. You can always watch our past services or see them live on YouTube, Facebook, and our website at www.carlroadbaptist.org. That's Carl with a K A R L, roadbaptist.org. If you search YouTube or Facebook, look for Call Road Baptist Church, and don't forget to subscribe or follow us if you are watching via a service that allows that so you can stay up to date and notified when another episode is ready for you to watch or listen to. Thanks again for sharing your time with us and putting in the effort to maintain your relationship with God. Have a fantastic week, and we look forward to growing alongside you in the future with the next episode of the KRBC Podcast.